High Five, Jacob coming at you with the stats. Hey, Rogue Table Talk, Season 2, Episode 3. I'm going to jump right in. Curb the rabbit trails. And by jump right in, I mean <laughs> cue the intro. Work it. <laughs> work it. We're doing work. We're doing work. That's right. It is strange that this is actually work for us. You know what? I didn't even think about it <laughs> until now. Weird. This is work. <laughs> we're doing one on work. Yeah. And uh, we're working. This is part of our job. It's part of our job. <laughs> to put out brilliant, wonderful, yeah. thought-provoking okay, so content. Okay, quick story. Diversion. <laughs> you said eliminate the rabbit trails, and that just brought on another rabbit trail. Um, for a while, uh, this might be a little-known fact, but I was the children's uh, ministries director. That's probably a little-known fact, even among staff. Yes, even among staff. So... Uh, and one time I was in front of a group of kids and it was some children's, uh, uh, we called it adventure club. It was, a, it was, a an evening sort of deal. Um, and, uh, I was kind of playing the fool of some sort. I can't remember exactly what I was doing. Cause you have to be somewhat dramatic and able to embody characters in children's ministry. Absolutely. For sure. Yes, Absolutely. And in front of the staff. It, it does true. mistranslate. <laughs> anyway, so I'm doing that, and some kid, some young boy, I, you know, I don't know, eight, nine years old, just kind of interrupted me and said, is this your job? <laughs> <laughs> and it seemed evident he'd been thinking about it for a little <laughs> while. Like, like did, nah. No. Is this your job? I did said, yeah. He says, to... And then he said, do you get paid for this? He goes, yeah, I, I do. And there was like three or four adult parent workers there. They were just laughing their heads off. <laughs> <laughs> it was the question that was eating at this little kid. He's like, you're really silly, <laughs> and you're getting paid to do this? <laughs> what is going on? Uh, Oh, uh, so can't anyway, say the darndest things. Work. Okay, sorry. Sorry for that excursion. No, that's a great work. one. We're working it. This is work. Yeah. How are you going to kick us off? Man, I know that was my okay, kickoff. I'm now I'm punt to you, but that was a great aside because, <laughs> I mean, sometimes I get that question from my family, from my kids, but from other people in the community, like, this is what you do. Mm-hmm, right. And I wonder if that's also some people's questions. We always come out of teaching team. Uh, right into these uh, rogue table talks, some people may question that themselves. Like, this is work. Is this who I am? This is me. This is this what is I do. Me? Yeah. Right, right. Which kind of shows a, the pro- some of the problematic, um, you know, views or problematic approaches or attitudes we have towards work. Uh, we're conflicted, uh, if not downright negative about it. And so, yeah, let's start there. For if we we've already started, but let's. Let's really start with the, the, I'm going to shoot you a proposition, let you respond to it, that Uh work is the result of the fall. Yeah. That without the fall of man, we wouldn't work. Uh, Uh, Read the Bible. (laughs) Read the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Says, says, yeah, I mean, you don't have to go very far in the Bible, actually. Genesis chapter two is really, you get the notion that... Uh, not the notion, it's it's explicit. You get in Genesis 2, uh, thus the heavens and the earth were completed all in their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So obviously God's working. God's working. So let's, you know, obviously God, uh, you know, work is not a result of the fall or sin or punishment for sin because God's doing it. On the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. We've talked about Sabbath a little bit. Um, 
this is the verse four. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now, no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. And then verse 15, the Lord God put, took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So here we are, we're pre-fall. Everything is good, 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 very good. Everything is as it should be. Mm-hmm. And we see God working, and we see God creating uh, the garden or creating creation with the need for men and women to take their place of work for it to be what it ought to be. Cause you know, there was no one to work the ground and so there's no shrub and everything. And so he creates the garden when he creates men, you know, Adam and Eve to put them in the garden to take, to take care of it. So all of that to say, you were right in saying uh, that work is not the result of the fall. Yeah, and I think that's a, you know, simple baseline place to start uh, to say it positively. It's so much more, you know, to when he says in 126, uh, I made mankind in my image, male and female. And he then, he says, I want you to be fruitful and multiply and have dominion. Mm-hmm. So there is a... To take your place mm-hmm. of rulership of sub rulership in the creation that I've made for you. Yeah. A real sense of, um, uh, freedom and power and oversight to say, yeah, you're, it's your role to cultivate this thing. And not only will it, as you said, you know, it's, it's going to have, there needs to be someone to work it, but it's, it's going to provide meaning for the people for mankind. Yes. It's going to help to define. For the worker. Right. For right. the worker. Who am I? Because if you're ancient, Genesis 1 is written to people coming into the, the land. You know, pe- well, people coming out of slavery. Right. Ancient Moses. Israelite. Right. 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 Who am I? Who are we? What is this thing all about? Um, what is this? Who is this God all about? And mm-hmm. What is life supposed to look like? Mm-hmm. And we did have the Sabbath conversation. The other side of that conversation is, in six days you shall work. Mm-hmm. That was their work week. Was a, that was the Israelite work week, six days. Right. Right? But it's pre-fall. You're right. It's pre-fall. And so I would just say even, we don't have to go here, but if it's pre-fall and we tend to read the Bible through creation, fall, redemption, recreation lens, then there is going to be a continuation of work post full-on redemption. Right, yes. Heaven is not one giant Viking river cruise or vacation, that that we will be purposeful for all of eternity, that we were made to be, that we're probably a bigger deal than we think we are, Mm. in in that sense, that we have more meaning and purpose than we think we do. Um, And I think we can obviously go wrong on both sides of this work question. Mm -hmm. Um, That, you know... It is a place of meaning. It is an arena of meaning. It makes a difference. The world needs me to do it well uh, for a number of reasons, um, as opposed to on the one side, we over-identify. We find our identity, our value, our sense of worth, uh, and we have no margin then because, and we're in this margin series, because I have to keep going, keep producing, keep advancing, keep making, keep earning on the one side. 
And the flip side of, of that, uh, or the dark side of that is constant worry, anxiety, uh, competitiveness, whatever. And the, the other side of that equation is, okay, obviously this doesn't really matter. I work, I'm a clerk at the store, mm-hmm. you know, obviously this is not meaningful, mm. um, that it, it makes no difference. The world doesn't need me to do it well. That's what we tell ourselves, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and both of those are, are wrong. I mean, one is not more virtuous than the other. They're both wrong and just certainly different, different ways. Yeah. I often argue this, um, that, uh, everyone, no matter who they are, whether they can, whether they consider themselves a quote unquote creative person that, uh, you know, uh, Tolkien called himself and called all of humanity sub creators of the creator. And I often argue that true life-giving vitality or generativity has to come from creativity. And so the, the mom at home is creating something, the, the worker, the coworker, the whatever. You we're always creating something. We're called to. I don't think that stops. I think there's going to be a continuation and a calling of our creativity in the full restoration. And I think right now the question is, okay, I am East of Eden and I am this side of restoration. And so as a Christian, how do I buy out this time and have a redemptive view of what I'm supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. I think that says more about us than how often we go to church. Mm-hmm. It says more about us than how much we tithe. I think mm-hmm. our attitude towards what we do for most of our life our waking hours, which is some form of work or family raising. And you could put that all under a broad category, right? Right. I mean, yeah, I think that's right. It applies not just to our careers, which is another cultural way of talking about it. And when we say, well, I don't, you know, I work at home or I don't work uh, or I'm retired uh, or I have a career, which I think biblically the bible would call all of that work equally yeah uh, like whether you're getting paid for it or not is not really the issue or whether you have a career path or career plan whether you're what whether you're cutting the grass on saturday that's all work in the same sense that the the bible means it and i do think you're right what so okay let me i am a clerk at the store in what ways can I be creative? Mm-hmm. Like, in what ways am I called to be creative? Mm-hmm. And you, you know, it's easy to say, well, I don't, I mean, I don't determine the prices or the products, you know, I'm not, but I can create uh, an environment. Yeah, that's good. Right. Like you can go to, I think we've all gone to various stores. I don't need to name them where the, the people working there, a lot of them don't seem to care don't seem to think whatever they're doing is important. Right. I, you know, I'm only, I'm only this here. This store for, has a reputation and therefore it, you know, everybody looks down on us. And, right. Right. This right. is menial. I'm, I'm in, I'm embodying the role of this menial worker who doesn't care and maybe who does the minimum. And, you know, we've all experienced that. And I think we've all, I mean, hopefully we've experienced the opposite of that where somebody actually, you know, a, approaches that from a different direction Mm -hmm. and is creating an environment of helpfulness and uh, purpose and meaning. And like, you're there for a reason, they're there to help you. And that creates an environment that is completely different from 
uh, you know, I, I used to work, there was a uh, chain of stores called Frank's Nursery and Crafts. I don't think they're around anymore. I don't think because of me. I never really thought of that, <laughs> but maybe not. I used to work there. And um, so this was in Michigan. They had them here too. Um, but it was, you know, it was one of those things where you had to kind of decide how you're going to pray. So, I mean, I was a clerk and a lot of the stuff I did outside, which was just like menial, even here I said, just like menial labor, unloading trucks, you know, uh, moving pallets around. People buy dirt, you load the dirt into the back of their, you know, car or something. Um, and every day you'd have this, um, you have to make a decision of who, who you're going to be at this place. Yeah. Right. Like, who am I, and what does it mean for me to actually do this job well in a way that reflects who I think I should be, who I who I am, who I want to be, um, and I think that's, I think that rises or falls completely independent of the job you have. I think that's that is a that's huge. When I hear that. That's an everything conversation. That's a huge transformative thing to latch on to. Um, it really has very, like you talk about creating an environment or creating culture. One of the most creative things you can do is create who you're going to be mm -hmm. during the day. Mm -hmm. You get, a, we have a real responsibility in that. We're not in total control, but we get a real responsibility in that from God. And I think that's absolutely true. I was thinking of this phrase, um, the the way the the work that we do defines us way less than the way that mm -hmm. we work. It's completely how we show up into engagement with hopefulness and you know, we're ready to labor, we're ready to engage, we're ready to show up, whatever. Like we're looking forward to this matters and the way I do it actually matters uh before God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, what we what gets in the way of that is our culture values different work in different ways, values different workers in different ways. I mean, we pay different workers at different amounts, and, you know, we look on different workers in different ways. And I do think that what we're saying is a pretty, it's a completely countercultural view. It's a completely biblical view. I mean, in Colossians 3, 23 and 24, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So it's, you know, working for the Lord, not for human masters. You'll receive an inheritance from the Lord. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So it's, it says it three times in two verses that whatever you do is how the, is the first three words of that passage. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. So again, that's laundry, yeah. that's being a clerk in a store, um, that's uh, I didn't make it into the school I wanted or I didn't get my act together in high school, so I'm here at the community college. Um, and it's I did get into the school I wanted or I have a high dollar, high commission, whatever, career, both sides of those things whatever you do, work at it with all your heart is working for the Lord. And I think, I, I think that 
some people overvalue, over-identify with. And mm-hmm. so they kind of work at it with all their heart, but their heart's being maybe corrupted in the process yeah. because they're not working for the Lord. And um, then they over-identify, meaning like it becomes their sense of value, right. identity. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think there's like there's two ways, as we said, like one side, over-identification, over... Um, like as both 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 the high and the low could be over identification, but one side is um, pride, money, control, uh, advancement, uh, value, status, identity. Like I have this career; it's looked on as a as a enviable thing. I have money. I can live in this house. I can drive this car. I can wear these clothes. And my job is giving me all these things, and a lot of people don't have this, so I'm in a privileged position, over-identifying with that's who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm the person who has this job. Yeah. Um, verse, and then the other side is nothing matters. Um, you know, everybody's obviously a lowly job. I don't tell people what I do. You know, I, I apologize mm-hmm. for myself and... There, and then the, so that other side would be um, sort of um, hopelessness, maybe purposelessness, meaninglessness, apathy, irresponsibility. Uh, and both sides are violating, right? Yeah. And I think each of us, maybe at different parts of our life, but each of us is prone hmm. to over-identify and either be proud and triumphant or you know dissatisfied because it's not you know the job i had in my mind or something or it's not looked on by other people as a as a you know a, a status sort of thing and if i'm identifying with it overly instead of who i am is who i am in christ who i am is who i am with my he's placed me in a family he's placed me in a church he's placed me in a community uh, I'm a friend, I'm a brother, I'm a husband, I'm a father, and I have this other calling as well. Uh, we, we typically don't do that. We don't look at it in that way. And then we, one way or the other, and maybe sometimes both ways, we get off, we get off track and work becomes a negative hmm. pull on us. Yeah. I had a lot of thoughts as you were talking. I I, I went back to check the context because I had a hunch, and my hunch was correct. That context for Colossians three twenty three comes in uh, what the German theologians would call the Hostafel, or in English, the household codes, and something that was very well known in the Greco Roman society. So the patriarchs or the husbands, the the pater familia, the owner of the estate the person who's in charge of the wife and the children and the slaves, they're addressed, uh, then wives would be addressed, which would be a completely countercultural thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Paul is, mm-hmm. he is undermining something, yeah. right? And dressing the children, but then he goes on to bond servants or slaves. And this is the context for whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as unto the Lord. And he's talking to someone who cannot choose mm-hmm. their work. Yeah. They don't have any choice. They're not going anywhere. They can't go up. They're not getting out. Uh, most likely they can't go anywhere. And it, to me, it just speaks of 
the, the great challenge of living in the foolishness of finding my identity and happiness, so to speak, in the external circumstances mm-hmm. of life. Yeah. And trying to think that this is going to provide me with the deepest soul satisfaction as opposed to the wisdom of the Bible and saying, no, 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 like I'm talking to people who have maybe have had no choice from birth in what they were going to do for the rest of their life. And yet they have a choice of who they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And back to your point, I think it's, it is the truest thing about this whole conversation and um, who we're going to be uh, in these places of where we work and how we do it with our heart posture attitude. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that, you know, 90 something percent of the people in this population reading this letter didn't really have any control at all over what, you know, they didn't have a career plan. They were just trying to stay fed. Yeah. Right. And they're working as they had to work. Um, And so I do think this sort of high calling that, you know, I've got some it's, it's an arena in which I can glorify the Lord. I can display transformation. I can be an agent of grace. I can bring love and joy and peace. I can do all of these things. Sounds um, almost far-fetched to us, maybe. Hmm. You know, like, yeah, but I, yeah, but I, I really have to, I mean, you're, you guys are pastors talking about this, so that sounds great for you, but I really have to work. I really have to this. I've got a deadline. I've got whatever. Or, and I feel like I see more of the second, even with people who have careers and pensions and health plans, is this sort of dissatisfaction with, this isn't really who I want it to be. And so I don't want to overemphasize it. Like, Mm. I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to think it matters too much because when I was little growing up, I didn't dream that I would sell blah, 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 mm-hmm. financial services or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so there's this almost this, you, we either over-identify or we sort of, in a negative way, identify and sort of apologize for, I mean, obviously this isn't not, this is not, I'm not, I'm not exactly in the Peace Corps, right? I'm not, you know, yeah. you're in ministry and I, I sell financial services or I sell whatever. Like, you don't have to apologize for it. Right. There's absolutely nothing. All callings are equal. Yeah, they're all callings are equal, mm-hmm. and that's so countercultural to us, um, because I do feel like people in the ministry that apologize, they feel the need to apologize for being in the ministry, mm-hmm. right? I mean, do you yeah. ever get that no, sense I, that other like, like, um, well, I, you know, I don't have a real job. Yeah, in air and quotes. I don't know what that is, and maybe for people listening, it's different. It's different things in different seasons. For some people, it's the great gift of becoming disillusioned with you thought it was going to do everything for you. And now you're realizing like, wow, I'm a little embarrassed. It doesn't do everything for me. It's not the most important thing in the world. That is a gift of disillusionment Mm -hmm. for other people though. It's um, probably could step into being a little more proud of who you are and what you do. Like, Mm -hmm. Hey man, we're all playing a part in this whole ecosystem of, of life and it may not look like it, but what I'm doing and the way I'm doing it is important. And Yes, I think that's right. I do think that that's an interesting point about disillusionment, because I think we tend either to not be disillusioned enough, mm-hmm. or then to be disillusioned and then overcorrect. Okay, this isn't really 
the all-important idol I'd made it out to be. Therefore, it means nothing. Right, exactly. Right. right. Instead of, it's the arena God has called me to for most of my waking hours. So obviously, who I am there matters greatly. Um, and I don't know if, I don't know how, you know, uh, we in the church can encourage that, foster that, encourage people in that, that, you know, we said this sort of yesterday, or yesterday, last um, last uh, week's uh, episode as well, that, you know, how, how you spend your time really matters. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're now in work, we're, we're working a lot of the time, or if we're a full-time student, or we're, we're doing these things a lot. So we don't have to take time out from our spiritual life to go to work and then punch back in spiritual life. But I wonder if that's how we think about it. Oh, I think so. I do think that's how we think about it. I don't think, um, I don't think that's how Jesus thought about it. Um, and, and, and I, and I think, you know, for people that look at us and, and they don't maybe not know how the day and life of working in ministry goes, but it, I imagine it's somewhat similar. You know, we don't sit around and pray all day and, you know, only talk about Jesus and it's not all spiritual activity. There's meetings, there's plannings, there are deadlines, there's strategizing, there's right. challenges and problems and how are we going to motivate and how do we talk about this and da 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 and what do we do with finances and all that stuff. Leading people, evaluating progress, right. developing all, the, all, them. all yeah. that stuff. And so I, I wonder if sometimes um, I, I think piecing all of it into one uh, pie is helpful. Like work is spiritual. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's a matter of me viewing it that way. Right. Right. It's not a matter of, I had my time with God and now I go to work and it's just, I have to do this. And you know, it's a necessary evil. I feel, do feel like a lot of people think that it's a necessary evil right? Gotta or it gets bills. me through to the weekend when I can just blow off the steam and that's what I really want to do. And, um, I feel like that's a, that's a trap. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a sleeping mode of, I'm just going to be on autopilot with the rest of the culture. Cause that's mm-hmm. like, Hey, everybody agrees. Work sucks. Monday right. sucks. Friday. Right. Awesome. And your boss <laughs> is bad and all the other stuff everybody agrees about that you can complain about other people and gossip is okay at work. And you right. know, right. all these things that nobody would really, nobody in the church would really say, but it's easy to sort of fall into that because we sort we can sort of take a time out from our, our spiritual status. I do think too, that, um, I, I think we shy away, and this is just, you know, I think this is more not just about work, but I do think we tend to shy away from this sense that every moment does matter. Um, because, you know, that brings some sort of responsibility to me. Like now, now I'm responsible for how I am at every moment to some degree. And of course, that means being yielded to the Spirit. It means being transformed by His Word and and by his people, and and so that I can be who he calls me to be in every moment. But the idea that um, when I'm not ready for it or I'm not thinking about it, when I'm in the aisle and somebody gets angry with me because of blah, 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 like that's just a spiritual moment is if I'm sharing in my small group. Yeah. Maybe more, yeah. actually. Um, because I do think that I mean, I do feel like there's this sense of 
and I don't know that I, I don't want to say, you know, speak generationally. There's a reaction to the maybe boomers, us boomers over identifying with career and then saying, you know, I'm not going to do that. Therefore, it doesn't really matter what I do. And I don't, you know, the, the worst sin is to be overly serious about what one does. And then I kind of feel like there's these sense of, well, then your whole life, your whole life can't be margin because then you don't, you don't actually have margin. Yeah. Like margin from what? There, there has to be rest for some, from, from some purposeful activity that you're called to. Or else you don't, like your whole life is sort of a flat line. You don't even really, everything is sort of flat and gray and meaningless. And mm -hmm. so you, you don't actually, you don't get too high or too low. So that means you're sort of always low. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that, does you understand what I'm saying? Is that Yeah, resonate? yeah. I, I'm reminded of uh, Keller's book on every, uh, on work, every good endeavor and talking about some of the most miserable seasons for people was what they thought was going to be the most blissful was when they finally retired and got to play all the golf they wanted or, you know, go down to the beach and for months on end or whatever it was. Um, or the other conversation, how this came about was when people are injured or they're sick and they can't do meaningful activity and they're, they can't wait to get back and engage with something mm -hmm. that they feel like they're contributing to society. Mm -hmm. Right. And I do think that speaks to, there's, there is a, as Ecclesiastes said, there's eternity in our heart. There's something of God's image inside of humanity that is going to keep calling out to us, mm -hmm. keep crying out to us. And I do think that's, that that's true is we were made for that yeah. wired. Right. To yeah. cultivate, as, as to go back to Genesis 1, to cultivate the garden, mm -hmm. so to speak. Yeah. It's a good thing that the garden goes in Genesis 1 to a city in Revelation. Mm -hmm. It means that humankind has been being human. Filling out the mandate. Filling right. it and filling out the, the cultural mandate, the garden mandate. Yeah, and so it, it's interesting in that, so that kind of makes me think of um, a, a something else, the tendency we might have to wait until acts to really live our life yep. and instead of living it now. So, you know, when the kids are grown or when I get the promotion or when I retire or when I get a better job or when I finish college or all of these things that then life will really start uh, in, instead of the sense that life has started yeah, now, right. today matters. Uh, today matters, not just in ways that I can point to, but in ways that I maybe necessarily can't point to. Um, because I do think, I was, when you just mentioned Ecclesiastes, I thought you were going to say the, the passage where there's a season for everything, Oh yeah, right? season for all things, yeah. Yeah, so in this season of my life, I'm called to this, and I need to be, I need to be in this game fully, because it's not going to last forever, and then I'm going to be into another phase of the game, and part of that, for, that one phase, I'm going to miss. Hmm. And I do feel like we can get into a place where we never are fully engaged and yet and then we miss the when it's over and then we're in the next phase we're never fully engaged and then we miss it when it's over and we're sort of always yeah. living kind of in between waiting for something to mm. to live like where I'm waiting for I don't know what I think that's brilliant it it, it all seems like a 
tricky way that we might try to escape reality. Like I'll just wait, like I'll tell myself, oh gosh, this is kind of miserable right now. It's so overwhelming. We don't make that much money and we can't go on the vacations that I see everyone else go on and we got young kids or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Okay, well then, here's the milestone. Then that's when... I don't know what we would say though. It's I think it's more subconscious. It than is conscious. all yeah. I think it's totally subconscious. We may say right. then I'll be happy. Then that's we'll know we've made. Then we'll be able to do all the things we want to do. But that, right now, right. we're just trying to get through. And I I get it. We have four young kids. Um, our youngest is seven, so we're past the infant toddler phase. But I would say how you play in the second quarter is going to directly affect how you play in the third and fourth right. quarter. Right. Like you're talking about. Right. Even if you're not scoring a lot of points in the second quarter, it does matter. Yeah. And I think that's, um, it's hard. It's it's something you almost have to take by faith in the, in the moment. But I also feel like everything about our culture conspires against against that notion. Yeah. Uh, because certain things seem more meaningful, certain things seem less meaningful. Um, and so I think for me, this sense of, uh, you know, I, I'm now in my mid-50s. Uh, so, you know, it's normal to think of like the normal question then is, well, how much longer will I work? Mm -hmm. And of course, if there's a sense in which, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to not work at this job forever. Uh, and that's fine, but there's a certain, and so yes, and you plan for the future and save money for retirement, all of that stuff. But in the sense of then who will I be? when I'm not doing this anymore. Now, yeah. again, that's unstated, but I do think, um, for me anyway, okay, so then what will that look like? What will my day look like? How will I think of myself? How, how will other people think of me? I don't, it seems so strange. Uh, and in a way, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a transition of life. It's a different thing. I should look at it differently, but I wonder if my, if our culture conspires for me to put too much stock in it in the sense of then I'll be able to do whatever I want or then also to say you will have lost your primary source of meaning both at the same time hmm. when neither is true. You hmm. won't be able to do everything you want and you haven't lost your primary sense of meaning. But I think that's kind of what our culture, the competing versions of our careers or what we do during our kind of adult uh, lives, if we don't push back on it, it will, I think, inform our view of our meaning and our identity and our value. Hmm. Like, if, right? If we don't, if I don't myself, if we don't in the church push back against that, then the world will define me as. I, th I think that's really good if we don't check the, the natural flow of things. I think an, another way to say it is we're in when we overvalue what work can give to us, we're imprisoned in this, uh, this notion that once things change out there, that's going to bring change in here. And that's not true at all. That's just not true. And any people Ever. that I've read yeah. that talk about spiritual transformation, that's the furthest thing from the truth. In fact, I would just say this strongly to anyone, to listeners, you don't need anything to change. You don't need it to change. Job doesn't have to change. 
situation at home doesn't have to change for you to find true peace and true happiness in mm -hmm. Christ. It really doesn't. And the more we use all of our energy to say, that's when it's going to happen, or that's when it's going to arrive, or this is just, that's now a misery. That says more about me mm -hmm. than anything around me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you think... Um, I think people struggle. I mean, I work in a church and I can struggle with ha living out my spiritual identity when I've got a lot of stuff to do. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I sometimes struggle with, I can be kind of task and accomplishment oriented. And, you know, there's a sense in which I might um, miss opportunities that anything that maybe doesn't, align with a task or an accomplishment, I might just totally miss it. Like I'm not even noticing it. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what a good example would be. I mean, somebody, somebody, a desk over says something that's sort of an entry point to a conversation that they might need to have or, you know, something in their life is going on and, it, you know, it would be, but I'm not even in that space. Right. Because I'm, I got stuff to do. Right. Uh, and I feel like that's the, 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 the marriage of those two things where the one thing doesn't compete with the other, or mm -hmm. I can set the one thing aside and do this thing over here. Um, I don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I don't think, I think I'm just in the stage of my growth. I'm now aware of that deficiency sure. in me. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know that that's, um, I think, I think that's fairly common. I mean, especially people who got a job, you've got a lot of stuff to do that somebody maybe needs you to stop and say, Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Something simple like that. Now somebody out there is listening going, well, what a dork this guy is. <laughs> and it's true. Yeah. Cause they might do that. And, and I, and I just don't, um, this, the marriage of those two is there's somewhere in there, there's the, there's the answer to, they're, they're not really in con conflict. I think that's true. I'm a checklist person. Uh, I'm, I'm not highly, highly organized, but I am a checklist person. And one of the things I've had to grow an awareness of and try to pay attention to in the last probably two months, as I noticed this thing about me, is that I'll have this checklist and I'll add to it or I'll get a lot done during the day. But like, that seems to be like how I govern my time and organization and what I put my efforts to. And I don't know if I leave enough margin for those holy interruptions. The, okay, my team member said this, but the look on their face is telling me more, right? It's, they're moving towards me and they probably need an hour conversation. Mm -hmm. Something I've had to really be aware of uh, <laughs> yeah. during the day and towards the end of yeah. the day yeah, is like, um, it's this passage, uh, I think it's in the Sermon on the Mount, is let tomorrow worry about itself. Yeah. But the, the, the second half of that is each day has enough trouble of its own. Mm -hmm. So I've had to tell myself, let this day have its own, you know, trouble, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Basically, don't try to cram what you think you've got to get done in three days into one day. Yeah. Like, what's a realistic pace for my day? Mm -hmm. What's a realistic, okay, and am I even planning potentially any margin in the day? Right. 
here's 30 minutes of right. just space that I'm going to go right. just kind of catch up with people. Yeah, I think that's, and I think that, you know, being responsible for myself might mean, am I getting to bed soon enough? Am I, right. you know, it's all of this stuff. It all, it all sort of goes together and matters. And I'm so I'm, what I guess I'm trying to puzzle through is what it means practically to work as unto the Lord mm. when you're in the workplace. Yeah. And it probably, because I think I like to get a bunch of stuff done, and that's easy for me to say, well, that's working unto the Lord. I'm getting all this stuff done when really I'm, I'm self-driven, you know, and I, you know, or I feel bad if I don't get stuff done. I need right. to get done. It's it, that, that may not exactly be the same thing where if I'm working unto the Lord, there is no contra, I don't know how it works exactly, but there really is no real contradiction between doing everything that needs to be done and having all the conversations that need to be had. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we see Jesus somehow managing, or, or or not, and being okay with or it. not. And no, I, saying, I hey, feel listen. like I've been faithful today. Yes, but I can't do everything that I've, I right. have put pressure on myself yes. to do. Yeah, or even maybe it's hey, can we have this conversation tomorrow? Right, exactly. Because yeah, I've got something that my boss needs in an hour. I don't have time now for an hour conversation, but can I do it? I and I'm I used to be. Um, I'm, I'm sort of now moderately horrible at that. I used to be laughably horrible <laughs> where, you know, I am I would, less horrible. <laughs> I hey, that is a good, that's a good growth movement. Yes. Movement. Like I would still be typing. Like when you're talking to me, I'd still be like, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm trying to signal. Yeah. I'm in the middle of something important here and I don't have time to be interrupted. Yeah, sure. You know, even though I'm going, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you think, well, I mean. I guess I've got, I'm the only one who got stuff to do around here, <laughs> right? All the all the bad places. Then you, you go, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that's. I'm short of puzzling. What does that mean? It means probably something fairly transformational. If I can sort of wrap my mind around what it means to fulfill all the responsibilities, the important work that God's called me to do, to lead well and also to mentor well, and also to care for people, and also to have the kind of, all of that stuff, mm-hmm. all at the same time without contradiction. Uh, probably I need some, you know, prayer, leading of the Spirit, yeah. something spiritual. And so that, back to everything really is spirit. Everything is spiritual, mm-hmm. and I, so everything really is spiritual, I don't always see it as spiritual. Like yeah. if I'm in my taskless mode, that doesn't seem very spiritual to me. Right. Uh, and can I find that place where this really is spiritual and I am working as unto the Lord? Um, and it does say, you know, that that the, I, I, I'm going to receive a, a reward, you know, from the Lord. I don't know what that means. Sure. Uh, but it's faithfulness in some way in, into that. So uh, I don't know if that's, if that's helpful, but I do think helpful for people to, as they puzzle through this, that you won't, I don't think it's, I think it's hard to have margin, real healthy margin, if you have a very unhealthy work, attitude towards work, right? I'm, I'm either. Either work is ultimate or work is evil, right? Whatever the orientation is, it could be different for different people, but what is my relationship to work? Right. And And that that will determine how I need to have my margin conversation is what you're saying? Yes, I think so, that I'm either like over-reliant on achieving at work and therefore I I don't feel like I have time for margin or margin seems unimportant, or my work is meaningless and I don't care. Yeah. 
So and I then, just want margin. <laughs> and what is margin from what? My whole, yeah. my whole life is right. like sort of margin, non-margin. Mm-hmm. It's not really rest. It's just ennui. It's just sort yeah. of, right? Uh, and both of those are pretty bad places to be. Now, one of them, our culture will applaud a little bit more than the other. But to live, be in that place where I really can rest because I've done, I've been faithful to the Lord when I've, when I've worked. Um, uh, you know, I don't know if, if America, America probably has stuff to learn from other cultures and when it comes to this sort of yeah. thing in a yeah. way. Uh, we achieve a lot, but I don't know that we're happy, fulfilled in the process. Uh, right, right. Um, all right, so is that it? Yeah. Is it done? Have we done our work? Have we worked <laughs> it? Should we now rest? I think so. All right. Uh, so as uh, hopefully you're not listening to this at work, depending on what you do. Maybe maybe they have that type of job. Where maybe they, they have that type of job. I should say that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> maybe. Uh, hopefully you're not listening to this if your boss thinks you're doing something else. <laughs> there you go. Maybe put it that way. Um, but when as you do listen to it, I just our prayer is that you will find you will see the purpose in what God has called you to do, and in that that'll be the springboard to really rest and have margin well uh and with that uh, grace and peace thanks for listening to rogue table talks a calvary church media productions podcast be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts